shooter. If I've been out here selling myself short, pushing for less just for the love of the sport and no gimmies. Clear to see it, send me the vibe. But the hustle is not only taking the strides to see more better, not only more cheddar. Talk it like I walk it, call it poor man special. Seen more than envy in the eyes on my drive. Lessons over losses just to keep my sister proud. Can't describe the time it took just for me to hold my head instead of showing all my knowledge, slow to speak instead. And beyond that, I learned how to finesse the force direct with my mouthpiece. That's verbal in the course. What's that? Welcome back, world, to the Verbal Intercourse Podcast. Got your host, Nick Walker, back in the building with you today. Shout out to everybody that's been listening, supporting the podcast, subscribing to it, sharing it. We're really appreciative over here at Verbal Intercourse Jackson. Today, got a very special guest in the building, owner of Offbeat Jackson, DJ Young Venom, Mr. Philip Rob Rollins. Everybody know him around the city as, as the owner of Offbeat Jackson. He does a lot of great things there. He sell, he sells vinyl. He sells uh, clothes. He sells toys, whatever you want, comic books. And he has a lot of great events at Offbeat Jackson. And everybody looks up to him. Everybody appreciates his opinion. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do. They do look up to you, man. They appreciate your opinion. They shouldn't. <laughs> but how you feeling today, bro? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh... <laughs> That's a funny intro. <laughs> why, you say, why you say that? So everybody calls it offbeat Jackson. It's just offbeat. Offbeat, my fault. It's all good. Yeah. But I mean it's that on in like the Instagram and all mm-hmm. that shit. But it's just that's just because offbeat is just taken. So yeah. I may do offbeat no New Orleans or something, but I doubt it. But it won't have no on God you stuff in there. <laughs> really? Really? Okay. Yeah. But I mean that's down the line in the future, but that that's here neither here or there. That I doubt that ever happened. I'm Everybody always asks me if I thought about franchising, and I'm just like, it won't work without me. That's the thing. Somebody that's knowledgeable about all these different things is, like, really rare. Um, You come across a couple of people that know a couple, like, they either know about vinyl or they know about comics, but they don't know about, like, anime and stuff Mm. like that. So to be knowledgeable about all that stuff and then to relate to the different types of people that come into the shop that's a whole skill within itself. So for sure. So that's why I was like, I, it would just be just that one shop and it's just a destination store. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in a special location, man. I feel like a lot of people know about your store, but it's also, I also run across people that might not even know about your store. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a cult like following except that now it seems like you're branching more out. Like more people are noticing you nationally with the, with the vans collab mm-hmm. and also you did a you was on like a documentary type or a little what what was that you was on that they were spotlighting black black vinyl oh black record store owners black, mm-hmm. uh that was vans vans okay. did that documentary and they did that in the height of the fucking pandemic of all things um but that was cool i mean that got us a lot of attention i wasn't expecting it to be as big as it was personally um Everybody's like, oh, it's Vans, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool, whatever. Um, 
But I mean, I got paid for it, which was which I wasn't <laughs> expecting to. It's like, hey, we want to shoot this documentary. I said, cool, come on through. And then I got an email like, hey, we're gonna stipend you this amount. And I said, oh, even better. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad they did it. I hope that um, it's supposed to have been a longer, like, at least an hour long documentary. Um, that was supposed to come out of that, but it never came to fruition. So I don't know why what happened, or they just ran out of budget to pay people to edit it properly. But I was really hoping that was going to come out instead of those, you know, mini vignettes that that came out. Because mm-hmm. uh, they left out quite a bit from like some of the interviews and stuff. But you know, that little bit of exposure helped a lot, and it actually jump started. Uh, all the black record store owners to like get together and we started a, a coalition for us so we could start talking to the labels and labels started like noticing us and everything. And, um, it helped out a lot. So we got like, we had like a, that's why I did the fundraiser with the, this year with the Robert Glasper, that whole, um, you know, we, we did, you know, um, awareness to bring, you know, for homeless. So getting goods for that. Cause we had a customer that, He's a homeless every Friday. Mm. So we wanted, you know, while he does that, I was wanted, you know, you know, I asked him, what do they need besides food? You know, because, you know, food donations and coats donations, that's just seasonal. But right. I'm like, they need stuff year round. Mm-hmm. So we got them like pillows, toiletries, you know, you know, food too. But, you know, they're providing the food. But, you know, um, these people have to like, this is their livelihoods they carry around, you know, in a backpack. So, um, thinking about stuff like that and a greater mindset and just trying to, you know, help when I can is, you know, part of the, the store. And, you know, um, is you know, whole, I try to, you know, tell the people that the store is a whole community aspect. Everything I do has to, you know, deal with the community. The comic books are for the kids. Everything else, you know, can be ranged from everything else. I mean, it comes for, for everybody, but that's how I learned how to read was through my mom's comics. Mm. So... But I mean, places like comic book stores and record stores, those are community meeting grounds, and you meet people that you that you vibe with, or you find out you discover new music from like the people that work there and stuff, mm-hmm. or new, new just new stuff in general. Yeah, that's for sure. I I can definitely say me being a customer at your store, I've I've been put on to so much. <laughs> yeah, like like it's sometimes I come in there and I'll buy a record, and you'd be like, you know. Maybe you might like this one, mm-hmm. and you just be like, "Get this one too." And I always trust your judgment because, because <laughs> I feel like you're so knowledgeable, and you kind of spoke about that at the be- at the start of the interview. So, how did you become so knowledgeable at at this collaboration of of things like the music, the the uh, toys, the all of that type of stuff? So, um, I mean, music is just that's pretty self explanatory, but. I was a quiet kid in high school that just had his headphones on and I was always drawing and stuff. And um, with also with that, I was like, I was going to the comic book store. So I was going to the comic book store every week, getting my issues, giving my mom something or whatever. And then um, that was just, you know, just reading all the time. And then when we moved, we moved, we went from Ridgeland to Brandon. And then at the time, it was a place called Borders. And I always go into like um, those big chain bookstores and like Books a Million and stuff like that. And I'll go to the magazine rack. So, mind you, I'm, I'm into music. So, I'm always picking up Double XL, Source. Mm-hmm. I'll pick up Vibe, but I haven't really done write Vibes <laughs> articles like that. Um, but I was also picking up Complex and uh, Juxtapose. And these were like two big magazines. And before Complex had like their whole YouTube persona and channel, 
that magazine, it was like one half of it was like pop culture, fashion, everything else. And the other side of it was like art and stuff. So I found out a lot of, about the underground brands. That's how I learned about like 10 Deep. Mm. It was this other website called Digital Underground. I was going on there getting like gear that nobody had around here. So I was always trying to be in tune to what's what's going on outside of Mississippi and how can we bring it here. And um, like the toy stuff, that's just that stuff. I was just follow graffiti culture and graph designers and stuff like that. So I learned about these other artists and what they're doing to get their artwork out there. Aside from just painting or just doing digital artwork, they were putting their artwork on toys. And so that's how I learned about the toy market and how try to get people to realize like these are like miniature statues. Like these right. are the, and they hold value. And a lot of people, of course, everybody knows about calls. Everybody's like, oh, I want a cause figure. I'm like, I'm like, but why do you want a cause figure when these are it's so many different artists out there? Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you want like a Hebrew Brantley figure? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's even more rare. Cause I mean, his stuff ain't even really out there like that, but if it, like, he's a known name. Um, Black designer, black uh, uh, artist. So his is trying to get people like in tuned into more stuff like that and to appreciate all aspects of art is kind of the thing as well, too. So, yeah. And then also, I feel like I feel like Offbeat brings together people from different walks of life. Like, you know, it, I don't I feel like I done met like a group of people in Offbeat that. I probably wouldn't have met hanging out at the places that I normally hang out. Yeah. And and we can all basically attribute that to you because of the culture that the store brings, which is dope, man. Like I don't I don't been to so many different parties at your spot, uh food trucks outside your spot, performances. Uh I played in the Tekken tournament at yeah. your spot. Like <laughs> <laughs> like like it's it's unlike any other spot in Mississippi. Yeah. Which is dope, man, because it's like you go to different states and they might have something similar to what you got going on, but they don't really have what you got going on. So yeah. just want to applaud you for that, man. Yeah, I try. I try. <laughs> it's it's It hasn't been easy. And, you know, every day it's, it's a new challenge that pops up. So it's just like, all right, how I got to adjust to this shit. So, yeah, especially with like. COVID and all that, you know, I feel like <laughs> you've been, you've been more strict on customers than everybody. <laughs> look, look, man, I got, a, I got a son. I got, a, I got a mom. I don't want to get them sick. That's, that's the whole thing. And, you know, I don't want customers to come in and they may be exposed and get sick and stuff like that. That was the whole reason why I was so strict on that. And hell, I don't lose my sense of smell or taste. <laughs> hey, that's real. That's real, man. Like, so, and then, you know, like we as black people, we so, we so, uh, I want to say we think we invincible and we're really not when we got so many like backline diseases from heart conditions to diabetes and stuff like that. And we're talking about a respiratory disease that could like really fuck us up for life. And we for don't sure. know the long-term effects. Man. I'm like, man, fuck that. Man. I don't want to take no chances. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's why I was so strict. But those from, I've been watching the numbers and I got friends that's like doctors and nurses and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, I'll say it after the parade, I'm going to, like, you know, see how everything's doing. The numbers have been still kind of declining. Mm -hmm. So probably around record store day, restrictions probably be, like, mask optional. Um, we're one at discretion or not, stuff like that. But shit, shit, if I, you know, you it's your store. But me personally, I feel like, you know, if you don't have enough respect to want to put on a mask when somebody... <laughs> 
put puts on the door wear a mask, then you really didn't want shit from the store anyway. Oh, I've turned away so many yeah, people. I've yeah. turned away so many people, white and black, and yeah. they've just been pissed at me. And I'm just like, dog, like, I it's not my <laughs> obligation to provide you with a mask. You an adult. Like, if you was a kid, I understand, but you was an you are an adult that probably looked up what the story is, probably saw that I had guidelines and everything. And then you see I have a sign on the door, and then I have a sign right in front of the door, and they will still try me. And I'm just like, okay, no, you can't come in. And and somebody like that probably wasn't wearing a mask no damn wear anyway because, man, we've been in the pandemic for two years, dog. I can probably go under my car seat and find a random mask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I done had so many masks working in healthcare and all that type of stuff. So, so yeah, man, but, but let's get back. Um, you mentioned a record store day coming up, um, which is which is an exciting time for me because I always end up at your store um, checking out records. Sometimes I'm a little late and whatever I want is already gone. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but can you talk to me a little bit about record store day and uh, a few vinyl that we should be on the lookout for? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I say shit because I mean it's it's a handful. Like I have not. Ki- I, I've kept up with Record Store Day, and I do Record Store Day every year, but it's so fucking much. Yeah, I know. Every it. time, like, it's like over 300 releases, and I haven't gotten in my records yet. I'll be getting them within a week or two. Um, I know I know the standout that probably, I know a lot of people probably going to want is, uh, um, what is it, Bell Be of DeVoe, po- Poison. Okay. That's, that's getting re-released on vinyl. So I know some people because everybody wants '90s hip hop R&B, and it's one of the hardest things that that they're re-releasing for some reason, or they're just not getting around to it quick enough for people, especially like um, people your, your age. So, but record store day, I mean, we open the doors at eight o'clock. Um, sometimes we have a line. Uh, I got I got one guy who religiously he'll sit at a, he'll park it off beat at four o'clock in the morning. Wow. And he'll sit there for four hours until <laughs> until eight o'clock, and he'd be the first one in line every time. He's, he's like, "Man, I provide you security." I was like, "I know, man. I appreciate it. But I got I got cameras in in the alarm, like, and I get there at seven o'clock, and he right there, and I'm just like, "Give me an hour, man. Let me set this shit up." And but um, everybody does the record store day different. I a lot of uh, I'll tell you a secret, like, and it's not really a secret. Like a lot of us record store owners, we hate record store day. Like we absolutely despise record store day. It's like the most annoying shit in the world because we get a lot of people that come in just for those special special releases, and we got so many records. Like, and I put records on sale. Like this year, all the used records going to be forty percent off. Wow. And people, and I'm just like, I'll have like, um, like a high end hundred dollar record in there. You can get that for like sixty bucks. Which would normally and it, and that hundred dollar record may be three hundred dollars on eBay and stuff like that. So you can really double your money back on that instead of trying to you know triple your money back on like the record store day releases that are limited. But I had to like curb scalpers because just just like with shoes and everything else, like it's scalpers for fucking records now. Yeah, for sure. And it sucks. Like I fucking hate I fucking hate <laughs> this resale culture so much. Um. So I had I curb people like people can only get like one record. One of each record, oh, for uh, sure. yeah. no no doubles and stuff, no doubling up like that. Because I know if they gonna double up, they probably they're like, oh, I'm getting this for a friend, and then I go on Facebook, <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, I got this record for sale. I ain't like, it. I'm like, 
man, don't don't bullshit me like that. So yeah. <laughs> I'm, I I make people buy like I said, you gotta get something like ten dollars in the shop, and then you can come to me and tell me what record store they releases you want. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's it's a big it's a big deal and for for us, but yeah, we really don't like it. Like it's it's a necessary evil at this point, and it's our it's my biggest date. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think I think uh, on I know on Google if you just search it. How vinyl the the sale of vinyl has outsold any physical copy for like the past two to three years, and you know if you go on YouTube, it's a lot of vinyl review. It's a lot of uh, people that's collecting vinyl now, which which is real dope. But at the same time, you it is the resale culture: mm-hmm. shoes, vinyl, whatever, uh, toys that, that that you can buy, yep. albeit as well. Like it's. It's crazy, man. I I really I, I thought they were trying to bring forward like some legislation about the resale culture. I doubt that it ever happened. Yeah, I, I doubt it will because it'll always happen. But yeah. I think they did say something about that. I I'll have to do a little bit more research. But um, so uh, one one question I wanted to ask you uh, for somebody that's like a be- beginner vinyl collector. Okay. Um, I really I really built up my collection at your shop. Your shop, and anytime I go to any um, out of town place, um, I always Google um, local record shops. Yeah, and I just go check out what they got going on because because it's just them became a hobby of mine. So for somebody that's collecting, that's that's a beginner. What advice do you give them? Num- well, one thing I will say: number one, it's expensive, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not a cheap hobby. <laughs> right, it's not a cheap hobby. So. Like, like what, what advice or what tips do you give them when it comes to, okay, buying, buying vinyl that, that could be rare or buying used vinyl or protecting their vinyl from, from getting messed up when storing it or stuff like that? Yeah. So, I mean, you can always, for, for, if you're just starting, like spend more money and get, have a decent setup. That's, that's my first thing. Like. Get a decent turntable, get some basic speakers to start out with. If you're on a tight budget, you can spend about two hundred dollars to two fifty at the most, and you'll have a decent setup. Spend that. Don't get a Crosley. Don't get anything that's cute. Two case. Don't get any all-in-one turntables. Things. If it has a red needle, if that needle cartridge looks red, do not get that. I, you will thank me later. I promise you. Really? As far as buying records go. Buy what you like, buy what you think is interesting. Um, most record stores have a dollar section or a cheap section. Check those out. Um, you may find something you may be interested in off the cover alone. I've bought plenty of things off the cover alone personally, and then I take it and I play it and it's shit. And I just <laughs> did that. I spent like a I spent like a third I spent like $35 on a record in LA. I said, oh, this this is a French or something like that. Dude got the wavy hair, cool, whatever. <laughs> I take it the offbeat. I'm playing it, and this dude just singing and uh, Swedish or something. I was like, yeah, this ain't it. It ain't got no beats to it. Uh, it may be spoken word or some shit. And I, you know, I take that L, but I bought like forty records when I was in LA. So I was just like, okay, just one L out of, you know, I can I can hold that. Uh, but I mean, I've done that so many times. Uh, it's like a living, you learn thing. But do that with the cheap records. Don't do that with expensive records. I'm just you just got disposable income like that. Also, with um, buying records, some you're not 
not everything is out there. A lot of people ask me, well, Tyler's album, dope. How come it ain't out yet? I'm like, it's easier to press up CDs than vinyl. Right. Like, I urge you to look, go on YouTube and look up how vinyl is made, and you will see the whole process, and you're going to be like, oh, this shit take a while. Damn, <laughs> it, I, need to, I need to watch it because I ain't never. <laughs> so, like, the vinyl is just like a fucking ball of plastic. Right. Um, and then they take that, and they had to smush it into between two plates. That's where your that's where your that's how your music gets created. Then they had to cut that. Then they had to send that to a test pressing. Okay. And so that once it once that if that test pressing is approved, then they go into print. Mm-hmm. And then they start and they had to do that thousands and thousands and thousands of times. That's crazy. So stuff that that has been pressed before. I mean, there's only so many record plants. Mm-hmm. Because it has to be an actual plant that that produces this stuff, unlike with CDs and tapes, you can have like a CD tower that's the size of an old desktop computer that has like seven CD trays, and you pop them things in, and then boom, CD's done. Right. So that's completely different. Then I mean that 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 process just takes longer. So Denzel Curry's album just dropped. Um, I I want that on vinyl, but that don't. It ain't coming out till September. Yeah, it's gonna be a long time. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I just got the pre-order. Like September, that's when it's dropping. Color vinyl and regular. I said, cool. I'm gonna get a color joint. Um, idealistically, in the perfect world, this stuff would be done. But you gotta remember, we're in a more digital age. So every and then we have people that's recording at home. So they record at home. They'll put it out like the next week. <laughs> <laughs> so right. you got you got to think about it like that. You could just upload it up online uh-huh. and. Even the difference between that is you have to master it for vinyl. So yeah. mastering it for vinyl is different from just mastering it digitally. Because mm. cause if you don't master it for vinyl, it's going to sound smaller and not as broad. Mm. So there's that um, to keep in mind when you look for records. And also it's a website called Discogs. It's short for discography. Yeah, definitely. I go there. Use that website. If you think a record that you want is out, check that. If it if it does not say vinyl out there, then it is it do not exist. I get so many calls for records, so many calls for records that don't exist, and I'm just like, it don't exist, man. <laughs> man, that yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah, it don't exist. Like, <laughs> what about you? Get well, they put it out on. Or it was somebody had put out a record, and like, the, like for instance, the Griselda guys, <laughs> they put out records themselves, and they're like, you got this record? I'm like, no, why not? I'm like, because they put it out themselves, and they only did they have 500 copies. You had to get it directly from their band camp or wherever. And so that stuff, some of that stuff doesn't go into like, um, it doesn't get to hit to distributors. Mm-hmm. And then some stuff, you got um, record subscription services now. Like Vinyl Me Please is the most popular one right okay. now. So that one, they'll do like a subscription and you can choose. They have like different tiers. I've been meaning to tell my wife to get it. Give me a subscription for like Father's Day, Christmas or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> but my friend has it and he's like, hey, the record of the month is this. And I was like, damn, I want that. And it'd be like something that it don't get mass produced for for the regular public. So, uh, Goody Mob Soul Food was one of them. Oh, and I was like, oh, I need that. Yeah. And he gave me he gave me his copy, and he just reordered another copy. So, right. so it's stuff like that. Those those are beneficial. So be on the lookout for that. It was another one. Um, they had I had I have one customer in Dallas. Uh, 
No, I'll just go ahead and say uh, Reed Enterprise will do all the Jackson State gear. Oh, okay. So yeah. he he hit me up and he was like, hey, man, I need these records. I need Reasonable Doubt, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. I said, hey, man, you're not going to find these. And one of them was Usher's Confessions. So for a <laughs> week, every week, he, he, he'd be like, hey, you found Usher's Confessions? I said, man, hey, no. I said, go on Discogs. And I, I said, I'm going to send you the link. He said, man, they be asking $400 for this record. I said, yes, because it only got pressed one time. Vinyl me please vinyl me please just re-released it, reissued that record. I think uh the one that I really, really want to be released is Supreme Clientele. I have a copy of that. Wow. I have a copy of that. I have a uh, I want to say that pressing is from maybe early two thousands, maybe two thousand and eight, maybe. Mm. And uh, I don't know why they have not reissued that record. Yeah. I just do not because they keep reissuing Iron Man. I'm like, right. this is cool. I need I need another copy of Supreme Clientele. Right, right. Because I've been burnt mine out. Um, but yeah, that's it, it. I don't know what they think or who's making these decisions when they press <laughs> <Right. laughs> or reissuing right. vinyl. I'm just like, hey, you, you missing out on money, right? Um, so and it could be like from sample clearances or whatever and stuff like that. So. I've been talking to Banner on and off, and I was like, hey, man, you need to read. I said, you never did a pressing for um, Mississippi. Did he do a pressing for that? I want to say he might have, but he might have it, because that was around the time when vinyl was kind of fading in and out. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. He needed to do one for that. He needed to do one for uh, the one I really want, which I think is his best album, is uh, Death of a Pop Star, the album that Knife Warner produced. Okay. And he told me he's like sample clearances, but it just popped up on Apple Music now. So I get, I'm guessing that they got that cleared away. But I'm like, we need that on vinyl, like more than Godbox, honestly, in my opinion. But yeah, because um, you can find Godbox. Yeah, yeah, you can find Godbox. But that that record right there, I like. No, nah, we need that one. Um, What's your favorite record in your in your whole catalog? Man, don't ask me that. <laughs> you got to give me one, one that, one that if somebody, if somebody stole that record, you gonna have to go to war about it. <laughs> Man, I got one record I can't find, um, and that's <laughs> I found my sleeve for it, but I ain't found the record. <laughs> that's the problem when you ha- when you collect records and you don't put them back where you DJ, you don't push it back where it belongs. But it's a. Uh, uh, freedom further than imagination. Uh, Mississippi funk band. Okay. Victor Mason okay. played in the in the in the in the group, and that's the that's the record that has the um, the SWV uh, anything sample on it with mm-hmm. the horns and everything. That's where that came from. Came from Mississippi band. Mm-hmm. Um. So I mean that record, but I, I know I can find that record again. But one that I'll probably be pissed off about. <laughs> it's is there anything I bought recently? No. It's it's one I bought last year. It's from this uh, you gonna laugh? It's from this fucking anime s- soundtrack. It's called a uh, Blood Blockade Battlefront and Beyond, and I think I paid two hundred and twenty five dollars for that record. Oof. And uh, it came from Asia. Wow. Yeah. And um, <laughs> shipping. <laughs> it it was because I I don't know how I don't know what made me really I know what made me want that record so. I watched the anime like a bunch of times. It's, it's really it's about the same people that did Trigun. But I was, I think I was on like Spotify and I came across a soundtrack. And it's a jazz musician named Takuya, Takuya Kuroda. Mm-hmm. And he plays a trumpet. Really dope. 
And I, I was like, oh, he got he got a song on this this anime soundtrack. Okay. And then I'm going through the soundtrack and I'm listening to it. And then I'm like, I hear this song. I'm like, who's this singing? This sound familiar. And it's fucking Bilal. Really? Yeah. And I'm just like, what the <laughs> fuck is Bilal doing on this soundtrack? It's just random and shit. And then I went back and I found an episode and it was so in the background. I didn't even notice yeah. the singing. And I was just like, because I was like, I was caught up in the scene or whatever, but I was like, this is insane. One is the whole soundtrack is jamming. Like yeah. it has like jazz and bebop elements and stuff like that. But it also has like Neo Soul and shit in it too. So I'm yeah. just like, yeah, ain't nobody else around here gonna have this shit. So yeah, yeah, I'll be pissed if somebody stole that record from me. Like I'll probably like put a hit on somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so um do you think well, a lot of people feel like the vinyl sound is better than actually just uh, using Bluetooth with your phone or stuff like that. What do you What do you personally feel about that? Because I feel like a, I feel like that's a question that's always asked when people see me playing records. What's the difference between the sound of me just playing it on my phone, me just playing it in my car, versus on a on a record player? Yeah. So the thing about vinyl, it is a be- it's a broader bigger sound because you're thinking about you're not playing compressed audio mm. so um I'm, cds are not compressed vinyls not compressed and um tapes are not compressed and the order goes vinyl is first then cassettes then cds mm. um but with mp3s you, you you're compressing that audio um, so you're going to miss out on certain things and you notice it more in like stuff like jazz, anything with like singing, um, hip hop, not so much. It just depends on how, who masters it and what songs it is and stuff like that. But you really can notice it in those, those mediums specifically. Um, for me, if it's all about preference and what you're doing and how you want to enjoy music, I listen to Spotify in my car. Like I'm not playing no. I'm like not that at least like oh I need to play my records in the fucking car. Like <laughs> what the fuck am I like that's just mildly that's, that's you know, just wildly shit. inconvenient. Yeah, yeah, wild <laughs> wildly inconvenient. Right Vinyl is just meant to be like for me it's a social thing. Like like shit like drinking man. Like I, like I'm a social drinker. Like I really I rarely 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 just be at the house like I'm chill. Yeah, you know I'm, I'm chill. But if I have like somebody with me, I'm like hey you want to drink? Let's drink. Cool. But um, with vinyl, it's like you 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 touching you're touching music with your hands. You you got liner notes sometimes. You got credits. You can read who was part of it. Then you when you out digging, you see you look at those like oh I remember this name. You look at the back, you see the same name like oh Larry Mizell he did that shit too. Okay, this record may be jamming. Right. So you you put two you start putting two and two together. And you you that's how you discover more music. Um, by learning these people who are who they are and what they've done and what they've done for others, so um, yeah, I like vinyl is a better sound in, in short, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't let it hinder you from like enjoying the other mediums either. True. And like I said, and if you want to collect vinyl, you just that's just something you have to just come to a decision with, like, and you're like, hey, I, I really like this artist. I want to collect everything by this artist, and it's. Like Stevie Wonder, I like I still need to finish my Stevie Wonder collection. Like I've put that on the back burner for some other stuff, but I know I can find Stevie Wonder records, mm-hmm. and I got the the ones I really want. I got those, so I'm like, okay, everything else 
it's gonna be like little Stevie Wonder, and I need to get those. And I've had them in my store. I just given other people the chance, and it's a lot of stuff that I've done like that that I'm, I've regretted. Like I should kept that record for myself. And Stevie <laughs> Stevie Wonder got like a shitload of records, dog. Mm-hmm. Like, like I saw a stat on Twitter. I think they, I think he was like a teenager and he had like double digit records already, mm-hmm. which is. Which is insane. That Motown fucking slave shit, man. <laughs> Put that kid to work. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's been great having you on the podcast, man. Really appreciate you for stopping by, man. We, you done you done taught me a lot about vinyl um, and offbeat as well. So um, could you leave? Could you leave the people with you know just some words of encouragement or anything you want to say or whatever? And we'll just end the interview like that. Um, as far as words of encouragement, um. Whatever you want to do, just try first and foremost. Um, Offbeat wouldn't even been here if I didn't put that first step forward and just tried and stuck to it. Um, it's been many times where I was like, I'm going to stop doing this shit. Nobody appreciates it. And mm. every time I say that, everybody's like, nah, don't do that. <laughs> don't <laughs> do that. Don't. I, I need this place. And I'm just like, you don't need this place. Like, fucking Walmart up the street, nigga. Like, so, <laughs> um, but I think it, it's, it, you can have an idea and um, you can also be mindful of like, you know, criticism, constructive criticism. Um, some people wear their heart on their sleeve. You got to realize like, hey, not everybody's going to like what you do or like how you do things. And you have to just keep pushing to where it'd be like, oh, well, let me prove them wrong. For sure. And that's how I approach things. Um, and I've been called, I've been called a hater many times in my life. <laughs> and to the determinant of me not giving a fuck, like I'm just like, I'm trying to make sure that you do better and grow. And that's how other people, I think, and it's hard for other people to like, you know, take take a step back and be like, okay, what didn't he like and why didn't he like it when so many other people think it's dope. Um, so I know there's people out there that don't like how I run offbeat or how I do things at offbeat, and that's perfectly fine, but it's a reason for everything. Um, but I do also listen to what people say. Um, also, So also be sure you listen to others that's outside your circle for sure um because you never know like that person that you think is hating they may be actually telling telling you something like hey it can be you you're here but you can be here Mm -hmm. and so that 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 that'll make all the difference in the world yeah i mean i've always (laughs) i've i've always liked liked your straightforward attitude because i mean but i grew up hooping being coached and stuff, so that is nothing to me. Like, and see, my mom hooped, so she she <laughs> yeah. played ba- she played basketball at JSU, so that's where I get it from. Yeah. It's just like, hey, straightforward. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, you need to do this better. You need to do that better. Cool, just go do it better. But mm-hmm. you know, everybody can't handle that. And I'm like, you got you got to try. You got to keep trying, and and if it don't work, like try something else. But I mean, everybody has a talent for something. Um, I believe truly that like. We have a lot of people here that's very talented, but lack focus. Right. That's that's the thing that kind of irks me, and it and it take and it, by the time they realize what they should have done, they're old. I'm like, hey, you at your prime now, so <laughs> yeah. it's you you in your know, last two years of make or break it, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and it sucks that it happens like that, but we're 
and to to just say that like even if you get older it doesn't mean you get worse you can only get better with the knowledge that you gain so that's that in itself you know yeah definitely is the thing yeah definitely man yeah man definitely appreciative to have you on the podcast man before i shut it down i always got to say the purpose of the podcast which is to be entertaining and informative to the millennial group of people and uh, i really rock with y'all everybody stay safe and we out peace What's that? Ah, uh, that rig with my mouthpiece, that's verbal in the course, yes, love.